Welcome to the Four Parents Podcast. I'm your host, Ivy Lassiter, and I'm so glad you're here. Pop in your earbuds and multitask while we talk about all the parenting stuff, lessons learned, funny stories, and practical wisdom from normal people who've been there. Let's get started. On today's episode, I'm talking with Ron. Ron has grown daughters and a son in elementary school. You will hear about how he started building relationships with people that lived on the streets and how he has included his children in those experiences. I work with Ron, and I get to watch the way he comes alongside people that have needs. Whether it's someone needing a bus pass, a place to live, a job, a place to be heard, it's remarkable to watch him, really. He's just really good at it, and he's had lots of experience, too. So I thought it'd be helpful for us as parents to hear his heart, how he's served homeless with his children, and how he's experienced Jesus through it. Here's our conversation. Okay, Ron, so tell me about Church Under the Tree, how it started, cool stories, what it means to you. Just go. I'd been a Christian for, for um, I, don't, I don't know how many years, probably, probably about six or seven years. Um, I, I'd been actually in the ministry. I'd been teaching as, as a volunteer youth pastor at a church in, in Wiley where I lived. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the church that God used to save me. Uh-huh. Um, I got saved in that church. I got baptized in that church. Yeah. Um, and you were an adult when you got saved. Yeah, right? I was yeah. 28. I was yeah. 28 years wow. old. I uh, just got to this point where God started bringing just tons of broken people, students really, to the church where I was, where I was volunteering at. I would talk with them, and I mean, let me tell you, I, I had so much, so many things that went on during that time. I mean, like attempted suicides. Um, with students? Yes. The, yeah. Wow. Students running away, alcoholism, yeah. all drug abuse, all different kinds of things, and just over and over these different things happening. And then through a series of events where I, I started going to this camp, and I heard the speaker at that camp start preaching and talking about how how God is not bound by the four walls. And it's not that I didn't know that, but for some reason at this this camp that week, and I, and I know it was God yeah. that was was really causing me to listen. And so at that camp, um, I really felt God tell me, I, I, I need you to pay attention this week. Yeah. Because I've got something for you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so um, I go down front, and um, after that sermon is over, and I talk to the guy that's, that's leading it, and I'm like, man, I don't know what God's got to say, but here is what I've heard. Would you pray with me? He prayed with me, went on. That was like the opening day of, of camp. Yeah. Went on through the rest of the week. And um, did camp, and at the last, the very last, we're at the like the second to the last day, and and I'm teaching uh, seventh graders, uh-huh. okay. And um, I remember when I got the assignment to teach seventh graders, and I was like, oh, seventh graders, <laughs> I know this is not, gonna, this is gonna be, <laughs> it's gonna be crazy. But I, I'm like, all right, I can do this, I can do this. So, yeah, I, yeah. so I went in. And I did it, and, and God had a plan because we were talking about sharing the gospel, and we were talking about taking your friends to church and things like that. And one of the kids says, you know, I've got a friend who he wants to know about Jesus, but his parents will not let him go to church. Mm. And 
he said, can we do church in our treehouse? Church in his treehouse? In his treehouse. Oh, so sweet. So he wanted to do church in his yes. treehouse with his friend. And it's yeah. like this huge light bulb just went on. And God said, listen. And so I started internalizing that. The gentleman that led the the Sunday that Sunday morning service, um, he wanted to stay in touch with me. So I got back in touch with him, and I just started following God. Yeah. So I didn't have a plan to start Church Under the Tree. Yeah. I didn't know I was going to start Church Under the Tree. I just knew that God wanted me to do something different. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know why. Yeah. I just knew it was. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I just started praying. Uh Um, It was like the prayer of my life every day. God, show me what is... What what is this that you want me to do? And I just started praying for that and praying for that and praying for that. And different things started happening. So like uh one day this kid from that actually was at um the park in Church Under the Tree before Church Under the Tree started, it was just that park. Mm-hmm. He shows up at our church in Wiley. And um him and his buddy are there. And so um um, we're doing our Wednesday night service there. And then all of a sudden, these two guys disappear. I'm like, where did they go? And so I start looking for them. Yeah. And I go out back, and I find them out back. And they're smoking out back. Yeah. And uh, it was hilarious because they they wanted to, like, hide it from me. And I'm like, dude, you're busted. Stop hiding it. Um, <laughs> you also probably smell like it. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. So it's not like you're going to hide anything. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. But um, – so so anyway, I just told him, I said, listen, um, as soon as you're done, put those out and come on back in. Yeah. And God just started showing me this direction. And we ended up out at uh, Haggard Park in Plano. Uh-huh. And I had no clue what I was doing when I went out there. I just knew God wanted me there. Yeah. And so in my mind, because this is what I was taught, okay, mm-hmm. In my mind, what I was taught was to go out and to find somebody, mm-hmm. total stranger, and try to share the gospel with them. Uh-huh. And that's what we're that's what we're taught, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that's a bad thing. Yeah. Um, but that didn't work. Um, I got to the park. I didn't know why I was there. I thought I wanted to share the gospel with some people. Nobody would pay attention. And by the way, oh, one part I left that. There's like in this park on a Friday night. This is on a Friday night. In this park on a Friday night, there's about 100 uh, kids uh, from 13 to 30. Is that why you chose Haggard Park? That's why. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And that's why I got – I apologize for leaving that out. But that's how I got led. That's why I chose to go there. I got really it. felt like that's where God was wanting me to go. Because these guys that came to our church, that's where they hung out on Friday nights. Oh, and so okay. I wanted to pursue – I was really pursuing them. Mm, okay. Okay. And so I get out there, and it's like I'm going to share the gospel with somebody. So I take my daughters. I got my dog with me. I got um, the – one of the guys, one of the seniors in the youth group, he comes with me. He's like a musician. Yeah. Getting ready to leave for college. We all go out there and um I just got totally ignored. <laughs> it was so funny because I mean, I, you know, I had this huge desire to share the gospel and you know, nobody's even paying attention yeah. to me. Was, I was like yeah. this foreign, you know, this foreigner. Yeah. In their space. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. 
And so um, one thing that I learned early, early on, even before I was a Christian, my mom used to tell me that uh, anytime I didn't know what to do, to pray, ask God to speak to you through the Scripture, yeah. open the Bible, and begin to read. Yeah. And so I've done that my whole life. I, I even even to this day, I do that. Yeah. And so I'm at a total loss. I don't know what to do. Jesse's had his is the kid that came with me. Yeah. He's had his guitar out. We've tried singing. We've tried talking <laughs> with people. We've tried all this stuff. And so we put all that up. And I, and I said, "Man, come over here. Let's sit down." And so I just pray and I say, "God, speak to me. Yeah. Tell me what you want." And I open my Bible up to the Book of Revelation. Uh huh. And I open it up, and I'm reading in the book of Revelations where the lamb that is slain is the only one that's worthy. Mm. And so I think in the back of my mind, I'm like, God, what are you saying? But then I read on further, and it, it goes through this transition of the the lamb is the only one that's worthy. He's the only one that's worthy to open the book of life. Yeah. And then it goes into this transition of all the saints worshiping him. Uh-huh. And so in my heart, the Holy Spirit is saying, you have a different way of doing things uh-huh. that I want you to do. And I need you to know that it's only the lamb yeah. that's worthy to speak life into these kids, yeah, these people yeah, that are yeah. here. So just like cool your jets. <laughs> Slow down, ease up. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And so we we stopped and and I said, All right, let's pray. And we prayed together. And And your daughters are with you too? My daughters are with me. How old are they at this time? They're um in junior high. Okay. And Morgan might be in high school. Wow. So we're praying together. And I'm just praying, I'm saying, God, I don't, you know, I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know why I'm here. Yeah. I know you want me here. I know all these things are taking place. Just lead me. Yeah. Lead me. Yeah. And Ivy, the second I said amen, uh huh, my dog had been hanging on my arm and on his leash. Yeah. I feel this tug on my arm and I turn and one of the kids had knelt down to talk to my dog. No. And I turn around and I start talking to him. And no sooner had I given up all of my knowledge yeah, of, what to do. Ha- of, of what to do and affirmed and, and, and understood that it's only the lamb yeah. that is worthy. Yeah. As yeah. soon as all of that hit my heart and my brain, instantaneously, God started using me there. So we, 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 we continued going. We went for. Did you end up talking to that? You just started talking yeah. to that little oh, yeah. boy that was t- petting your dog. Yeah, yeah. So little boy, he's he was he was a teenager. Okay. Uh, so um, yeah. <laughs> so in, in, immediately, you know, it's like I'm hanging out. I'm talking to him. Other kids are coming over. They're no all hanging way. out. We're all talking to my dog. And 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 so I just start going back. And so I'm like, all right, God. Every Friday night? Every Friday night. I wow. Went out there. Would your Friday, daughters go too? Every Friday night. Whoa. Every Friday night. We went. I found out that they liked the the this group of kids, this demographic of yeah. kids that were hanging out there, liked this band called uh, Insane Clown Posse. I don't know if you've ever heard of no, them. No, I have They're not. They're pretty crazy. Okay. And um, <laughs> one of the things that 
the they call them the ICP, and so I'll say okay. that from here on out. So one of the things the ICP does at their concerts is they have there's this brand of soda called Fago. Okay. And um, they have just all these wild flavors. So one of the things that they do at their concerts is they get two liter bottles of Fago and they just shower each other with Fago. <laughs> I'm talking about the whole audience. Okay. And so these kids absolutely love this drink, Fago. And so I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can find this stuff. And so I found. You can find the Fago. I found Fago. (laughs) It was at Fiesta Mart. And so I found Fago at Fiesta Mart. And um, every every Friday, Uh I'd get off work. I'd go home. I'd eat. I'd grab two coolers. I'd put them in the back of my truck. I'd go to Fiesta Mart. I'd buy Fago and ice. And I'd get it all iced down. And I'd get it ready to go. And I'd go to the park. And we did that for months. And then I started inviting people to come and to pray. We'd start coming on Thursday. Uh-huh. And so then I had people that would come and would prayer walk with me. Uh-huh. And uh, one of my most memorable ones there is I had this, this lady that was a friend with my mom. And uh, she was a biker chick. Uh-huh. I mean, legit, all right, biker chick. And uh, she wanted to come out and pray with us. Yeah. And... Um, I get. I, I show up Thursday. I show up probably uh, close to right on time. She had already been there. Yeah. And so I pull up. I didn't know who she was. She knew who I was. I did not know who she was. Okay. And so I pull up to the park, and um, I get out, and I see this biker chick. And I mean, I'm talking leathers, chaps. The whole works, bandana, long blonde hair pulled back in a ponytail. Yeah. She hops off her bike and she starts sprinting towards me. And she's got her hands waving in there. She's like, you're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this. Oh and I'm gosh. like, who the heck are you? <clears throat> yeah. And, and, and she goes, oh, my name is so-and-so. I'm a friend of your mom's. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. What am I not going to believe? Yeah. She says, you're not going to believe this. And I said, what? She said, I was doing heroin in this park 20 years ago. No. She said, it is time to take this park with the gospel. No. And I'm like, okay. Let's do it. And so I had a team. They would show up every Thursday night and they would pray. pray. They'd pray over the park. They'd pray walk the park. They'd pray over the park. We did that for about a month. Yeah. And we continued to do it as we went along. But yeah. about a month, I remember we were on a Friday night and... You know, God had not released me. You know, God told me that he was the only one that was worthy. Yeah. And so God had not released me to really do anything other than build relationships. So that's all I did. Yeah. And so we were there one night, and I'm, I'm, you know, I let, let's be honest, I'm frustrated. You kept, you've just been showing up and showing up. I've just up been showing, showing up. up. Yeah. Just been showing up. Just been buying Fago. Yeah. Just been <laughs> only to watch it be sprayed on people. I know. Um, you know, oh my and gosh. and so I get there one Friday night, and by this time I've got a team that prays on Thursday nights, and I got a small team that comes on Friday nights that are on the other side of the park, and they pray as well. Yeah. And so um, I'm there, and I'm hanging out, and I. I just really feel like I need to be off by myself for a minute. So I'll mm-hmm. go off by myself for a minute, and I'm like, Lord, come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. What's next? Yeah. And he goes, tell them why you're here. <gasps> I said, okay. So I went over to the little prayer group. I said, you guys need to pray. They're like, why? I said, it's time. Uh-uh. Okay. They started praying. 
I went over and I stepped up on the bench of a of a picnic table. Uh-huh. And everybody knows me. And I'm like, hey guys, y'all come here, y'all come here, y'all come here. So I've got like a hundred kids no. standing around me, and I'm like, listen, you know, y'all know me, but what you don't know is that I'm a youth pastor over in a small church in Wiley. Yeah. Right down the road. And God has sent me here to tell you about Jesus. Yeah. And I didn't go into like you would think, okay, you're going to go into this um, big um, presentation of the gospel, right? Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. I said, and, and mind you, I have no idea what God is going to say. He just said, tell them why you're here. And yeah. I, so I did. And then the next words out of my mouth are, and so that you can know about him, we are going to start meeting here every Sunday at 2 o'clock. No. And I'm going to bring lunch, and we're going to hang out, and we're going to and read the Bible. And you just start saying that. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and <laughs> Like it was planned all along. Exactly. Yeah, it was it was planned. Just not by me, right? Yeah. And so so we, we did that, and that that's where we started. You know? So cool. And How many years ago was that? That was in 2006, August 2006. Okay. 2021 will be 15 years. Wow. Yeah. And you have a baptism this Sunday happening there. We've got there. several. We've got several this Sunday. We're up to four now. Is it homeless people mostly, or is it... No, is that not the case? So, so there's been been a morphing of of church under the tree. Okay. Okay. Um, one of the things that I prayed for right after church under the tree started, and it didn't even have a name then, um, was Lord, I'll stay here until you tell me to leave. Yeah. Yeah. And He's never told me to leave. Yeah. Ever. Not yet, anyway. Yeah. And so um, early on, yes, it was students. Most of those students were homeless because they were couch hopping. Oh, um, okay. Probably about half and half. Okay. Okay. And so, man, I mean, I took kids home at the end of the evening to several million dollar homes. Okay. But they're out there because they were like rejected from society. Most of the kids out there followed this crazy band. Uh, the style then was goth. You yeah. Remember goth? Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And so that was the style. That's how they dressed. And so um, that's that was what they were. That's how they were. And so they were yeah. rejected. They were kind of rejects. Yeah. And and so um, so anyway, that that's where it started. But then as they got older, you know, um, and you know, a ton of them received Christ. They yeah. got jobs. They moved off. You know, I wasn't trying to build a church. Yeah. Um, I was just doing what God told me to right. do. What's cool about what happened is as those kids began to move out and to move off into their life, God started sending homeless people. It, it was crazy because then we had this group of kids, uh, which was dwindling down, and then all of a sudden we had this swell of those who live on the streets that started coming. Yeah. I didn't try to get to get people from the streets to come. Right. They just started showing up. Right. And and so from that point when that shift happened, I don't remember when it was, but from that shift what has happened is and now what's really cool is it's not just homeless. Yeah. I mean, I got people from all walks of life. Right, right. I mean, we've I got I got stay-at-home moms, I got 
businessmen. Uh-huh. I got, I mean, just all walks of life there that are there every Sunday. And uh, a lot of what their roles they're holding is is helping me. Yeah. But um, but you know, it's just it's it's everybody now. Yeah. And y'all meet rain or shine, weather. Yeah. Yeah, the only time in 15 years we have not had Church Under the Tree twice. And that's because of sleet. It was <laughs> sleeting at the time we were supposed to meet. Okay? Oh but my other gosh. than that, it's been... And it's, it's been, lunch every Sunday. Yeah, one right? thirty now. one thirty yeah. now is when we'll meet. And if you'll notice, look at the forecast this week. Look at Sunday and tell me what it is. I think it's cold, isn't it? Well, no. Actually, it's supposed to be warmer. It is. It's supposed to be in the 60s. Nice. So we're doing our baptism this week. Right. I've been praying all week, Lord. I got I got people to baptize. <laughs> 40, I don't have a warm baptistry. But yeah, yeah. 40 drizzling rain and cold oh wind gosh, is not going to be good. Yeah. And so it's it's like supposed to be like sixty one, sixty two degrees okay. during during that time. That's great. And and it's just been that way. It's been that way. Um, yeah. The entire time. So. Yeah. Okay, so I I want you to because because you have a lot of relationships with with people who are living on the streets, mm-hmm. and so I want you to help me as a mom and any parents that are listening. When we're driving down the road and we stop at a stoplight and you see someone on the corner and your kids ask, who's that? Why are they there? You know, the, and you have a son. Mm-hmm. So how, how would you answer that? How would you, you know, encourage us to answer that as parents to our kids? Um, I have always subscribed to the idea that I'm never going to hide life from my son. Yeah. Okay, um, because I think if you hide life from him, then um, he's unprepared. Hmm. Okay, now different ages, I may say different things at different ages. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and you know, so like maybe they're really young, and I may say, you know, they're um, they don't have a job, uh-huh. and so they're they're asking people for money. That's what they're doing. Yeah, they don't have a job. Yeah. And um, as things have progressed, obviously I've I've shared more with yeah. him as he's gotten older. Yeah. Um, you you want to protect their heart, um, especially if you know they're in a church and they're hearing God loves you. Yeah. And and then they see this person who doesn't have a house, but yet they have a house. You know, they they, they try to reconcile. How God loves that person and them, it can really, you know, be harmful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you just have to be really careful about how you do it. And and so I don't go into any great detail. Yeah. With my son when he was younger. Yeah. You know, I just say, you know, say, you know, they're they're hungry, um, and they don't have a job, and so they're asking people for money. Yeah. Um, and then, um. Along the line, I, I, I built a, a bag that I keep in my truck. Mm-hmm. And um, in that bag, there's some some things. You know, there's some water. There's, you know, some snacks. You know, maybe uh, I've seen people put gift cards in there for, right. you know, like a $10 gift card to McDonald's. Right. Or, 
you know, different things like that. You could put those kinds of things in your in your car, mm-hmm. and and after you explain to your child what what it is, you then you say, and here's how we're going to help. Yeah, we're going to give them this. Yeah, and so then you just roll down the window um, and give it to them. And what are you? Sorry, I just want to get practical because I feel so. I'm like, <gasps> I get so nervous at mm-hmm. like. So roll down the window. You. Pass the bag out, and what do you say when you pass the bag out? What do I normally say? Yeah, what do you say? I just say, hey, I, I don't have any money for you, but I have this bag full of stuff yeah. that you could probably use. Would you like to have it? Okay. And and they'll acknowledge, and, and you know, I, th- I, think, I think one thing we have to get over, and I know it's hard, yeah. okay? I'm not minimizing people's reactions to yeah. things. But one of the things that we have to understand, and you understand, I've been doing homeless ministry for 15 years. Yeah. I have literally talked to hundreds and hundreds, maybe even thousands of homeless. Yeah. Okay? The vast majority of them are harmless. Uh-huh. Okay? Yeah. They're just yeah. harmless. All right? Yes, you've got those out there that have... Uh, mental issues that may have addictions and things like that 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 probably are not harmless. Okay, mm-hmm. but and you got to protect your family from those types of right. things. All right? right, but the vast majority of people out there are harmless. Uh-huh. Okay, and so you just say, "Hey, I've got this. Would you like to have it?" And if they answer yes, then you give it to them. Say, "God bless you. Have a good day." Light turns green, you drive. You on. go, yeah, yeah. Um, if they reject you, which this has happened to me, yeah, you know, several times, they reject you. You say, okay, great, have a great day, see you later, and you drive off. Okay, <laughs> right. you the know. outcome, I guess. Yeah, it's the <laughs> same, off. same outcome. Just the only difference is, do you get the bag or not? <laughs> you know. So, um, and, and then your child. What's great about that is your child begins to see their parent, yeah, have compassion on someone. Yes. Yeah. And and so um and, and and you just you just continue in that. And you know, maybe you keep the bag, maybe you just keep a gift card. You know, maybe you don't have to go the whole bag routine, but you just grab a little gift card, ten dollar gift card, you keep it in your car, and when you give it out, you just go get another one. Yeah. And you make it your thing with your kid. Yeah. You know? And I, I remember uh there was actually a it, it was one of the one of the ladies that works here. Mm-hmm. Was telling me how hey we she she asked this very question and and now at least last time I talked to her they they keep something in their car yeah and, and they give it out yeah you know and and it's just it's it's real simple to do um, and so you know just do that with them and just lead them through it that's the most important thing is you as a parent have to lead them through yeah and their reaction towards um, towards those that are in need yeah. are going to be based off what they learn from you. I know. So if you have compassion and you exemplify that compassion in front of them, they're going to have compassion as well. Yeah. They're going to learn it. Yeah. So. And if we are teaching them about Jesus, mm-hmm. a Savior who spent time with sinners and the least of these and the people who were messes yet we don't do the same i think it you know i think that makes a big impact yeah you know and 
I don't know. I just struggle as just, is it safe for me to do this? Cause I've carried around the bags, but can mm-hmm. I confess that like, I have not yet had the boldness to do it. And I think, I don't know what it is. I don't know if I'm nervous it's going to get rejected. I don't know if I'm nervous that it's dangerous for us. There's probably a little bit of both of that. There's probably a little bit of, well, there's fear. And there's a fear of rejection, a fear of the possibility of of getting hurt and all these things. But, um, yeah, those are just things that you, what I would encourage you to do is this. I would encourage you. To spend time with God, yeah, and ask Him to lead you through opportunities. This. Because and boldness, just yeah. like you're going to lead your child, yeah, you're His child. Yeah. He's going to lead you through that as yeah. well. So just ask Him, lead me through this, Lord. This is something that I'm, you know, be honest, dig down deep and figure out what that is. Yeah. Am I scared? Yeah. Am I scared for safety? Yeah. Or am I just scared for rejection? Yeah. Reveal to me what it is, and then go after it. Yeah. Are there other ways that you think you would encourage families to serve homeless in their communities? So there's a lot of things that take place in our different communities mm-hmm. that you can be a part of. There's, you know, especially around the holidays, there's different things. You know, a lot of churches, there's several churches that will have, well, just I'll give you a great example. This coming up, when we're coming up on Thanksgiving. Yeah. And so just had this conversation yesterday. Um where there's a, a community um, organization there in Plano, uh, the Davis community, that the the board for that organization is gotten together and they're going to buy all the food to help us put together a meal. Oh, okay. okay? And so, um, so we're they're going to put that meal together. We're going to serve it at First Christian, which is uh-huh. right across the street from Haggard Park where we meet. Yeah. And so, and then we're going to serve. Uh-huh. We're going to serve that, and and they're just going to. You know, so that that's something that, yeah. that a, a family can go to. It's kind of a non-threatening thing. You know, you don't have to really interact. You can just yeah. stand in the food line and serve. You yeah. know, and different things like that. Um, I have a a, a family, um, the Jackson family. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, there's there's six of them. Okay, and um, they're I, I forget how how the age of their youngest son, but he's. He's probably seven, eight years old uh, to to their oldest son, which is 20-something. Yeah. And then mom and dad. And they come out twice a month. Okay. And to they, Church Under the Tree. To Church Under the Tree. Yeah. They've been serving and helping at Church Under the Tree twice a month for years. Wow. And um, they, they come out on the first, and the first is just them and their family. Okay. They... They go, they buy the food, they bring it, they serve it, they they hang out, they participate in Church Under the Tree, they, you know, uh, they sing sometimes, they've got really beautiful voices, and so sometimes they sing. <laughs> Lots of talent. Yeah, yeah. And so... And, and so it, it was. It was kind of a way, and I'll, I'll never forget having a conversation with them in the beginning they, about them wanting to bring their kids, and I encouraged them to do it. Yeah. And, and they were like, "Well, what's it going to be like?" I said, "Listen, here in this place, um, in you know, at the time it was ten years. You know, in ten years we've had maybe two, three fights. Okay. Yeah. Keep an eye on your kids. Yeah." Be a be a a vigilant parent. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But don't fear. Yeah. Okay. Don't fear. Yeah. You know, scripture is is very clear about fearing 
and how we should only fear right. just God. God. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so don't fear. Um, but we also should be wise yeah. and, and make sure that we take care of our kids. But but find those types of places. There's organizations like Church Under the Tree. There's, you know, I can I can list a bunch yeah. you know, that you can participate in. Right. And just go do it. Right. They, just your try kids, it. Just do it. Your kids need to see you doing that. Yeah. Yeah. They need to see that. Yeah. How would you prepare, you know, so if it if a family signs up to do something mm-hmm. like, you know, it's going to go serve a meal or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think the parents should have any sort of like pre-conversation with their kids? There's going to be parents that are going to want to do that. And there's going to be parents that are going to be like me and say, <laughs> no, I'm not having that conversation. We're just doing it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just want you to experience it. Yeah. We're going to have a conversation, but it may not be before. Oh, It may okay. be after. Gotcha. Yeah and, yeah. and and so you can you can have that pre-conversation where you're like, hey, these are the type of people that we're going to see. You're going to see people that their clothes may not uh, fit them. They may be dirty. They may be torn up. They may not really smell very well. Right. Um, they may be a little belligerent, you know, and, and – Obviously, you don't say belligerent to a kid, but, you know, they're going to be a little different. Yes. You may see that. Yeah. And it's okay. All right? Dad's going to be here with you. Mom's going to be here with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. okay. Don't be scared of them. Yeah. Okay? Here's what I found. Okay. When you don't set an expectation of being scared, mm. they're not. Because they're kids. Right. They don't have in their brain what you have. Yeah. And so they're not scared. And so you you take them into that. And then after it's all done, you have a conversation. And you will find that the judgmental, the, the judgment that we would have as an adult, they don't have. Yeah. Which don't. is another reason why I think it's important for kids to, because they can be the example to us. Oh, man, you're not even kidding. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I have seen that. I can't tell you how many times I've seen that, Ivy, in, in over the years where, where parents have come out with their kids and, and the parents, it, it's all done. And the parent comes up to me and they're like, I just can't believe what my kid did. I just can't Aww. believe how they responded out here. Yeah. Do you think there's an age too early? Not really. Okay. No, no. I, I, I think, you know, my son... You know, I, you, my daughters who are who are all older, right? You know, they they got into this with me as as, as teenagers, started, as teenagers, yes. And so for them, it's like, well, that's just dad, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, my my youngest daughter um, has kind of the same heart I do, Aww. and so uh, she calls me up sometimes, just upset. Yeah. Because she's trying to help somebody and yeah. she doesn't know how to do it. And can you help me help them, Dad? And I'm like, Yes, I'll help you. Yeah. You know, so yeah, I, I help yeah. her help people. But then but then my son, Wyatt, he's never known anything different. Right. He's significantly younger than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Significantly. And so he's known nothing but this is church normal. on a tree. Yeah. This is normal. This is life. This is what dad does. This is how yeah. this is this is what he does. He helps people. Yeah. You know, he's been with me. When when uh, we have gone to to um, to help a family who who's about to get kicked out of their house, yes. he's been with me when I've taken boxes of food to people who who are in need and and delivered those boxes of food. And he's like, Dad, why are we taking them food? And I'm like, Because they need it. Why do they yeah. need it? Because they don't have any money. 
well, they need to get a better job. Well, yeah, that that's probably true. Yeah. But there's circumstances within their family yeah. that doesn't allow for that right now. Yeah. And and so he asks me questions, and I'm just honest with him. I just yeah. answer. Right. And I answer truthfully, and I don't hide it from him. Right. And so that's all he's known. You know, he goes yeah. with that. You know, we're, we're doing this food distribution over at Northridge Elementary. Yeah. You know, right now. And it's no big deal to him because he's grown up doing food for the cities with me where yeah. where you take a box of food to somebody in need. And, and we do that every every month, you know, every week, really. Oh, man. And so, you know, just if, if you get involved and your kids grow up with it, then it becomes normal yeah. for them. Yeah. And, and you model that for them. Yeah. I wonder what kind of an impact, like now that your your daughters are adults, so I wonder how it's impacted them. I really can't. I really can't speak. We need to. Ask, it's a question for them, I guess. Yeah, it's it's really curious. a question for them. But at different points in their life, over the the past several years, they've all come to me mm. saying, "How do I help this person?" Mm, yeah, I've got this person in my life that I've come across that I want to help. How do I help them? Yeah, and so they've been modeled that. Mm-hmm. They know how important it is to help people. Yeah. And so they've done it. My youngest daughter just happens to be the one that does it all the time, just about. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and she does she, she does it in different ways. Yeah. Um, most of the time it's not monetary in any way. Mm. It's just really being a support person for. Now, I will tell you this. They all three have a very deep sense of compassion for people. Yeah. And that we should help one another. Yeah. Um, but it just it just comes out in different ways between them. So. Yeah. How do you think being able to help people and show up in these ways, how do you think it's helped you and your family experience Jesus? Or if, have you seen other people experience Jesus through that, who've shown up in that way? Oh, I mean, Ivy, there's so many stories about that. But the best deepest, most fulfilling times that I've ever spent with the Lord Mm. have been helping people. Um, There is just a, and and I think a lot of it comes just from from my life and and struggling early in early adulthood, struggling in my life, you know, and and, I was very poor in, in my early adult life. Yeah. Um, in, in my walk with the Lord, for me personally, the deepest, most intimate moments that I've spent with Him have been on my knees praying for somebody that is hurting yeah. or needs help or actually being there physically yeah. and doing that. And and I hear God talk to me, yeah. you know, I'm not like this audible thing, but I just feel the Holy Spirit just speak to me and say, this person needs. Yeah. You feel really close to him. Yes. I feel it's like we're walking together when that's happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not me walking outside of the Holy Spirit doing good works. Yeah. It's me and the Holy Spirit of God walking together. Yeah. Since our conversation, I just keep praying that God would show me what it looks like to be available and obedient to Him when it comes to caring for people like Ron does. 
Ron just does this in a way that reminds me so much of Jesus. And if I'm honest, as I listened to Ron's story, I kept thinking, well, yeah, like (laughs) Ron's wiring and, and he's just naturally really good at it. And I could never be like that. And really, as I've processed that, I think that's a lie. Because the same spirit that equips Ron to do this kind of work is the same spirit, Holy Spirit, that is in me. Now, God is not asking me to be Ron. He's given Ron a specific calling and specific directions, you know? And and God's not wanting me to be Ron. God has created me to be Ivy. And he has given me, my family, my boys, my husband, my circumstances and experiences to all be a part of his work in my life. And so what does it look like for me to be me and do this kind of work? And so I've been praying about this. And just like Ron said, like, hey, you should ask God, like, what's what's your holdup? And so this morning, I opened my Bible to the, the thing I was supposed to read this morning. And this is what I read, you guys. It's in Matthew 25, starting in verse 31. It says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, When did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. What a thing to read. So I sat there as I had been praying all week and I sat there this morning and I thought, you know what? This isn't just a Ron thing. The heart of Jesus for the King is for us to be people that reach out and walk alongside brothers and sisters and help them. That we must be available and obedient and do this kind of work. And I wonder, I wonder if not only will we we experience Jesus deeper, but what kind of impact will that have on our children? I wonder if our children see their moms and dads reaching out and walking that way, will they experience Jesus deeper? I hope you found something that you can relate to from today's conversation. And thanks for joining us. If you have any questions or just want more tips for parents, 
let me know at ilassiter at fbrichardson.org. I'd love to talk with you. See you next time on the Four Parents Podcast.